Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. And as always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we always will do our best to let you know that they're coming. This week, we're back in Marvel Land for James Gunn's latest and probably last trip around this particular sun with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And cue Needle Drop. All right. As always, a please rate and review us. You can do that on Apple Podcasts um, and maybe other places. Figure it out. You're smart people. We would love it. Drop us a review. Um, all right. Should we talk about Guardians of the Ga- Well, first, how you doing? What's going on? Anything you want to talk about? Any news? I'm good. I'm starting a new job. Woohoo! <laughs> so remember how I was sad last time? Now I'm happy. So I'm very happy. Very excited. More on that late as I start and... <laughs> Time progresses. Nice. I, I won't know much until I'm doing it. Nice. Yep. Cool. How are you? I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm uh, doing some freelancing, working on some personal writing projects, and uh, more on that later as that evolves. So, <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, things are okay, though. I'm, I'm in a, a co-working space, which I haven't done in a long time, and it's a little funny. I'm in a WeWork. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Um, it feels a little dirty. I feel a little like, if, where's, uh, you know, James Franco or like, was he in that one in the movie version? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It, oh, wait, no, it was Leto. Was it Leto? Yeah, it, was it was Leto. Leto you're right. Yeah. They have very good, uh, lime flavored seltzer. They have cold brew. Uh, today there was an Ar- Ar- Arnold Palmer station. Of course there was. With like a pitcher of lemonade and a pitcher of tea. And I was like. This is the lamest, most hilarious thing ever. Um, <laughs> but I did not drink one of those. But they have really good seltzer. I'm very into this like weird seltzer they have. Um, and mostly I'm happy that I'm able to work there and do creative stuff there, which I was a little bit worried about. But, nice. Um, yeah. So our main review this week is indeed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, James Gunn is back for this supposedly final installment of the Guardians franchise. Uh, after this, he's headed off to make hay of the mess of the DC movie universe. Uh, good luck with that. We'll see how that goes. Um, pretty much the whole gang's back for this one. Uh, it's the third one. I just want more of Eagly. That's all I care about. Don't care about anything else in the DC universe. Eagly. Yeah, right. That's all I, I want. Eagly. Uh, new cast members this time include Will Poulter, who you might remember from the from like uh, stuff. Stuff, the Narnia Chronicle books, sure. I think, uh, the, the movies. Uh, here he's playing a dumb hunk mama's boy, uh, Adam Warlock, who's uh, not like that in the comics as much, but we'll talk about that. And Chikudi Awuji as the big bad uh, called the High Evolutionary. He's done some really, really, really nasty shit to Rocket and yep. a bunch of other adorable CGI animals. Uh, we're going to talk non-spoilers first. Uh, Fanny, what did you think of Guardians of the Galaxy 3? And also, just as a reminder, what did you think of 1 and 2? <laughs> uh, I really liked 1, but Parker was very little when we went to see that, and he was super into it. And so that was really fun, and we watched it a lot. And 2, I pretended to like and wanted to like more than I did and have not really rewatched it, even though we rewatched 1. Um, so I was a 2, I mean, a 1 fan and a 2 not fan. And three, I really liked. I I liked it from the beginning. Um, I had a great time. It made me cry. It made me laugh. I was happy with it. It didn't make me want to punch Chris Pratt in the face too much. So that was good. Um, Really had a good time. You? Yeah, I kind of am the same. I mean, I did like the first one way more than the second one. Um, The second one just really felt like you know, oh, wow, okay, this is really a Marvel franchise. You could feel them bending everything towards yeah. the Marvel stuff. And this, for what it's worth, really does feel, I mean, I think a lot of people have said this, but it's true, like it feels like a James Gunn movie almost first and a Marvel right. uh, movie second. It is weird. It is sad. It is um, very, probably not for young kids in a yeah. way that, you know, I, I'm not like finger wagging, but I do think it... uh Earns its PG-13 rating in a way of right. like, okay, like, yeah, if you read graphic novels and shit gets dark, like, this is pretty much a 
kind of what you want from that. <laughs> just kind yeah. of right on the edge of this. Um, and I appreciated that it kind of, I don't know, had some stakes in a, in a way. And those characters that we've been following for the first two movies that I was sort of like including, I mean, I think especially the Pratt problem of it all. Yes. You're just like, you're boring. I don't care about you anymore. And you're like, okay, I kind of care about you in this role. Like, well, yeah. This is a weird. Uh, but uh, they managed to shunt enough of it to the side that you cared Enough about him, but yeah. but really, you the other characters came up so that you yeah. could really care more about them. And you care about the found family of it all, which yes, is, exactly. I think, really more than any oh, and they, other ones. They lean so hard into yeah, it. Yeah, they this call one. each other by, by familiar names and, you know, my brother, my sister, my, you know, so it's very... It's it's yeah. very sweet. Um, yep. All right, we're going to get into spoilers here. It's hard to talk about anything it else. It really more than is. That. Yeah. Um, we're going to go uh, one giant floating skull in space, uh, two uh, experiments on animals, three, um, three like fake out death scenes, <laughs> and oh, three needle drops. God, how did I miss the most obvious? There you um, go. A lot of needle drops in this movie. All right, we are in spoilers. Uh, anything you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are deaths that we thought were going to happen that made, I mean, I was pretty sure Drax was going to die just because I thought Batista was out. He did not. I mean, I don't, I think we just kind of start the conversation and then the spoilers come. I don't really (laughs) know exactly. I mean, we can talk about the spoilers of Rocket's, you know, upbringing and his horrible abuse and his wonderful friends that he then didn't wasn't able to save and so had to save the other friends but you know in general what did you feel spoiler wise spoiler wise uh okay here's i'll do a little marvel geeking out adam warlock um in the comics is a big sort of California surfery, like hippie Nirvana caricature of like the perfect surfer guy. He's never had a sense of humor. He's always been this sort of weird straight He didn't have a sense of humor in this. I mean, he did a little bit in that they made fun of him as kind of a mama's boy. They made fun of him, but he didn't make fun of himself. Yeah, no, no. But even in the comics, you're like, nobody makes fun of him. He's sort of this like all, he's like the Superman of of like the the cosmic Marvel and it's boring as fuck. And so I appreciated that Gunn went weird with it and made fun of that very yeah, concept. Yeah, he really made, went weird with it. Yeah. Um, what else? I really liked um, uh, Karen Gilliam's, like, Nebula in this. I've, I've yeah. sort of, like, increasingly liked she her in this so series. Good. And I feel like this was definitely their kind of showcase of just kind of getting to do, like, funny layers. She was of, weird, like, but she was Funny. Really good. Yeah. Like just a really like yeah. noteworthy performance in the in the Marvel history. I there think. is one line that had us on the floor. Um it's toward the end of the movie and she's dealing with some small children and she just yells, Why are you so slow? So good. <laughs> and I am never going to stop saying that to children ever as long as I live. And I work in education. So good. So. <laughs> yeah, that feeling of like and I feel like that's a, a sort of a vibe of the movie is yes. like like kind of shitty people trying to be nice. Right. And the movie really leaned into that kind of in a, in a funny way that I felt like it was the most sort of clear distillation of that. Yes. They were allowed to be like, okay, these are like not super like, you know, yeah. morally centered people, but they're just kind of doing their best to not be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I mean, making rocket the MacGuffin from the beginning, his, you know, the, 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 the dying MacGuffin from Okay, so the plot, basically, they need to try and save Rocket, who at the very beginning is attacked by Warlock, Superman, Golden (laughs) Superman, whatever the hell, that guy. Anyway, he comes in and he fucks Rocket up, and so then they try and fix him, and they can't fix him, and they find out they can't fix him because they have to go get his code. Everybody has a box. They all have to go get the box. And the box will save Rocket. So Rocket with his little, you know, like oxygen mask as the like dying MacGuffin through the whole thing. They they had me because, you know, I didn't I assume they weren't going to kill Rocket. Yeah. But, no, especially because they started off with the fake out. I feel yeah. like you kind of knew he was going to be fine. Yeah. But then his backstory of being, you know, a very sweet, like wide eyed 
MacGuffin instead of just sort of like, I don't care about anything MacGuffin. And of course you knew that he became the I don't care about anything because he'd been hurt MacGuffin. I got it. But it was still sweet to watch him really care about these three other, I mean, frankly, horrifying bunny spider thing with the, you know, <laughs> a, a metal gag over its mouth thing was horrifying there was really just uh, yeah we got i said to you earlier and i do yeah i do think that the bunny spider thing in particular was very much inspired from uh sid from uh toy story because they have that one that's like comes out on the spider legs and is a barbie body and this is like if you went to live in Sid's house and made friends with those things and then fought a war with them. And then the metal plate over the mouth was What's, just really like, yeah. you're the only one of, I mean, the, yeah, the lot, the logic of the plan of the high evolutionary with these animals is a little, you know, yeah, it's like, what's, yeah. Your <laughs> what's your plan? You plan put a plate over its mouth <laughs> and somehow it's still managing to talk, exactly. mind you. It didn't work, <laughs> that metal plate. Good for you, um, Floor. Floor. Floor of the bunny. <laughs> floor. I mean, come on. Also, we must talk about uh, the other Antiques. animals. Judy Greer apparently plays War Pig, um, who I think is one of the animals that takes a horrible death in that yes. hallway scene or some other scene. Um, but uh, no, no, War Pig is split in two. There's, oh, right. Yeah, Who yeah, split War Pig in two? I don't remember, but remember. War Pig is definitely yeah. split in two. It's. Uh, it's it's very selective about which animals are cute and which animals are ugly and deserve saving. It's like apparently if you're like a pig or a a bat person, you're fucked. But if you're like, <laughs> um, and I will maintain until the day I die that "No Sleep Till Brooklyn" is the best slow walk song ever. Yeah, always a good song. <laughs> Just always, like minute you start, it's like okay, now you feel like a badass. You got to start slow walking. <laughs> I think I, the needle drops definitely were a little too much. I was like in my complaint column was I was like I could have used like half as many needle drops and then they would have been more effective when right. they happened. They are nonstop in this movie. They are. Um, I wish they trusted the kind of story a little more. You didn't need quite so many needle drops. But overall, I really liked this. Also, I think people should read escapismagazine.com has an article called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is about a filmmaker's struggle with Disney. Uh, it is basically a really smart read written by Darren Mooney. Hello, Darren Mooney. Hi. Um, write us a review, Darren Mooney. I'm talking about your article. I thought it was a really smart article about basically the corporate machine of Disney and James Gunn using this movie as basically a metaphor for his struggle with kind of being an artist against the high evolutionary who's sort of trying to craft everything into a machine. It's huh. a really compelling argument and it made me think about the movie in a, a sort of even new way. And I already liked it. So uh, yeah, I'm surprised by this movie. I've been really kind of mostly cool on Marvel. And I think this is the first one in a long time that I can heartily say, if you like Marvel things, go see this one. <laughs> so I agree. Um, yeah. I don't know that any anymore. I also felt like it was a nice capper. And one more thing I'll say. I do want to say one more thing. It made me think about my New York friends. Hi, New York friends, if you're listening. And kind of those found families and you make them. And part of loving them and having them is being able to let them go and go separate ways, which feels fucking horrible and you miss them horribly but like that is also like when you know you found family i'm getting teary talking about this but it's like i i've never seen a piece of art explain that so well towards the end of like wow we've just fought to prove all of our love and in these fucking trenches and now we're also just letting each other go to go find other things like, and we know we'll be in our other's lives, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I just found that really moving because the movie, does oh, not, absolutely. the ending doesn't have any like, Oh, we're all going to be a family together and forever. The whole point of the movie is nope. like, there is no family together forever. So when you find ones you love, hold love on them. to them and, and love them. hold on to them in your mind and they'll come back. And I don't want to do the whole, if you love some things with a free thing, but you know, if you love something, set it free. Also, I do love that James Gunn is so committed to always, having Howard the Duck and his stuff makes me very happy. I love that duck. 
You worked um, well on this one. Yeah, he did. He does yeah. well. He seems to always be playing cards as well. Yeah. Um, Seth Green getting that paycheck still. Yeah, see? That, that's always good. <laughs> that, I like that as well. <laughs> um, I don't like the Star Lord will return. Why do we have to have more Pratt? Nobody cares. He is, of all the people I'd like to see more of, he's low on that list. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, pop culture otherwise. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's go on from there. I think we're done with the movie, right? Yeah. Um, we both saw They Might Be Giants, finally! Yay! <laughs> we bought these tickets for my son's 18th birthday. We probably talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, we did. My son was going to turn 18. We bought them in February. He turned 18 in October of 2020. They were supposed to be on October 9th of 2020. My son is about to celebrate his 21st birthday, but we went to that show, damn it. We made it. It was the full uh, flood kind of playing. Yeah, it was the 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary of flood. They played them all. And it was at the Fox Theater, which I've talked about here before, I Mm -hmm. think is an amazing venue in Oakland. Um, I had a great time. Yeah, just so many great songs. So many great songs I'd sort of forgotten about. And I think I was saying to you, like, I, I was sort of like, I don't know that album that well. And then they start playing. You're like, I know all these songs. No, it's um, next to their self-titled uh, They Might Be Giants. I think Flood is probably their their best album. And I just loved watching Parker's face. Just And, and that we realized that this was probably the first, this was the first concert I've ever taken him to. He's gone yeah. to other concerts with other family members or with his friends or whatever. But I had never taken him to a concert together. We'd never gone together. I bought him tickets. Whatever. And so to watch him be so excited. And for three or four days beforehand, he said, Dr. Warm is my favorite song. It's nobody (laughs) else's favorite song. I just really wish they'd play Dr. Warm, but they're not going to play Dr. Warm. We get through everything, everything we go through. They go off stage. They come back for one encore. They leave. He's okay. It's all right, mom. Out they come for the second encore. And damned if they did not play Dr. Warm. And his face was every Christmas morning at once he was i've never seen this child be more happy than when that they were actually playing dr worm so you know thank you the johns for making my son really happy and you still put on a hell of a show super fun yep and nobody got covid nobody I mean, got covid not, that we know of was, i didn't get covid us, so that's all i care about <laughs> but apparently i don't get covid exactly. that's like my thing yeah uh, <laughs> Um, we also both, have, so you haven't finished beef yet, right? I am one episode away the from finishing beef. Final episode definitely changes things. I so have I feel heard like that. You should not talk yeah. about stuff until you finish it. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about it up until the final I'm really, episode? really enjoying it. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's very intense. I'm really enjoying it. Good. Um, we will report back after. I, report I understand back. that I know I know that you have to see all of it, but it's literally one that I can only take in about two episodes at a time. Yeah. Then I need a palate cleanser. I go watch something else. And also, just for the record, fuck that guy. He sucks. <laughs> um, he's terrible. Yes. I'm really sad about everybody's reaction to it. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the guy who plays the, the criminal cousin, has yeah. some really, really terrible podcast shit that is... Yeah. Un- Even if it was a joke, it's not a funny joke. Yeah. Um, this isn't, doesn't feel like a joke either. It's no, I, 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 I yeah. agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying that even if it, yeah. even if that is what it was, that is not in any way okay. Yeah. And I, I'm just mostly sad that both Ali Wong and Stephen Wen are like kind of holding Everybody's down. kind of holding the line. They all yeah. have to do what they have to do. Yeah. I, yeah. Because it's 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 weird and sad in a way because I feel like they had the most talked about show of the year so far and then it's like this just yeah shit so, right into it yeah I um, I yeah. yeah I want to talk more about the the show yeah. or or not about that because yeah. people can seek that out and look at it yeah luckily it yeah. seems so yeah totally <laughs> all right we'll talk more when you finish that yep. um I'm gonna do what I watched first yes please I saw polite society in theaters this is uh, Nita Manzur, who uh, did the show, I believe it's on Peacock or Paramount. I forget which one. I'm always like the, the, yeah, the, the Peacock piece. Paramount. Uh, we Are Lady Parts, a show that I love about uh, four kind of young Muslim women forming a punk band. If you've not watched that, go back and watch that. Now I can't remember. I'm trying to. I was like, I knew which P it was. <laughs> and then I was not sure. I think sure. weirdly it's Peacock. I think it's um, Peacock. But her new movie is called Polite Society. It is in theaters. Uh, it's probably gone from theaters at this point. 
uh, I really wanted to like this movie. I think it's a movie that if you have very low expectations and watch on streaming or rent it, whatever, you'll enjoy it. It has a great setup. It really is like fun kind of setting up this whole mystery of these two sisters. And one of them is the sort of free artsy younger, like, you know, she wants to be a stunt woman. The other sister is uh, sort of an artist who's dropped out of art school and she sort of feels like she has this bond with her sister of like, we are the cool ones that are, you know, laughing in the face of our conservative parents. And they're not really that conservative, but that's sort of how they frame their parents. And then the one sister falls in love with uh, a guy and it's sort of an arranged marriage, it feels like. And and so the younger sister is just like outraged oh. and does everything she can to like block her sister's marriage. Great setup. Just very funny, like what you'd expect out of like a rom-com, but like with two sisters instead. So it's like sort of like fun. Right. And there's some great early action scenes that are really funny. Like it's very people just fight out of nowhere. Like in the way I've I've read some things about like Scott Pilgrim being a a good analog where people just suddenly fight and break the house apart by fighting and then everything's fine. Everybody laughs about it. Nobody's like worried about it. Um, And I was sort of like, where's this going? Because the tone is interesting. It seems like it should be building to, like, the most epic fight ever. Like, crazy, like, wedding Bollywood action fight. And it just sort of doesn't get there. And it's like, okay. I don't know whether they, like, ran out of money or, like, okay. the fight coordinator quit or something. But it just, <laughs> like, it seems like it's getting bigger. And then it just drops it and didn't really have an emotional payoff. I really wanted to love this movie. I thought it was fine. Polite Society. I'm also like, she's funny. She's a great voice in kind of fiction, and I hope she continues to make things. So I feel like it was a great, uh, you know, I think she's growing as an artist. Cool. So uh, somebody somewhere. Didn't hate it by any means. No. Is your damning with faint praise. Yes. Got it. Okay. Somebody somewhere. HBO Max. This is uh, Bridget Everett, I think is her name. Uh, She... I think I've talked about it earlier. It's the second season dropped on HBO. They're like three or four episodes in. This is a show about a Midwestern woman. Well, like a woman who comes back to the Midwest after her sister dies and dealing with her uh, other nutty sister and her nutty parents um, and makes a friend uh, basically who she remembers from high school who was in show like show choir with her and they end up finding this funny community of like weird freaks that like sing in a church basement um, under other pretenses. Um, and they, they form this just really fucking sweet found family kind of, and it's just kind Aww. of about these people uh, just navigating the realities of like shitty Midwestern culture. Frankly, This is my and, mother loves the show. And, uh, and what you're saying is, is, she totally grew up in sense. the shitty Midwest, so yeah. it super oh, makes sense. I love sense that she now. loves it, Claudia. Yeah. Sorry, this is not just a one craven plea for approval, but I love it. Justin's my mother's favorite <laughs> child. Great. This show is so freaking sweet. And at first, I, it's funny, I realized this season I was like, one thing happens per episode. Like, literally, you watch a half hour and one thing happens. Somebody got a glass of water. Yeah, it's a very, like, slow core. Like, it's funny, but it's, like, not, like, super funny. But it's right. definitely cast this weird spell of just these, like, friends. It, yeah, it's just, it's it's lovely. It's, like, one of those few shows where you're just like, oh, this makes me feel better about humankind. And right. there are people out in the, tr- sorry, the Midwestern trenches fighting for, I don't know, just being civil and open and kind and right. and forming friendships in their nice. middle age. And, you know, it's just, it's funny. Um, somebody somewhere, watch it. Well, Mania on Netflix. Have you watched the show yet? Mm-mm. Uh, this is yet another Australian, like, comedy wackadoo, like, sort of crass. Uh, it is about, I think it's based on some book that somebody wrote. I think it's a nonfiction book, but they've converted it into, like, this fiction thing. It is about a New York food writer who goes back to Australia for uh, her best friend's wedding, I believe is set up, and... Once she gets there, she has a medical crisis because she's a bit of a partier and is like a mess and gets stuck in Australia until she can pass her like wellness test to get her lost Uh, green card replaced. It's ridiculous. It does not make any sense. Um, However, 
I really liked this show for the most part. It it is very funny to lead. I, I apparently have a thing for like brassy Aussie comedian women. <laughs> like okay. it's like they crack the shit out of me. <laughs> like it's very funny. It's very like just rude enough. Like right. the friendships are all really sweet. The family stuff is sweet. She has a gay brother. That's all very funny. Um, wow, this thing really weirdly shits the bed at the end. Oh. Like, I mean, I, it, it's such a cliffhanger that you're like, you must know that there's, I had, I'm going to say it. I had several feelings of like, what, like, what, like you can't drop this at the, like the last like five minutes of this thing. Like there's something that happens. You're just like, don't, don't do this. Like, um, but it's what, what is interesting about it. And the one thing I wanted to say about it was that it is very much about, uh, that wellness, whatever that stupid overhyped, dumb team mean the term means is achieved very slowly with no like steady course. And it's a, it's a little bit of everything and whatever works for you. And there's no like one size fits all. I think if I had to boil down what the show is, and I, I think that's an interesting, I mean, kind of obvious, but a nice thing to sort of make a show about. Right. Um, yeah. So there's that shrinking Apple TV. Uh, I've watched two episodes of this, so I don't <laughs> feel quite confident doing this. Uh, it's very fucking Apple TV. I'm, I'm kind of on a next Apple TV mood right now. Um, it's This is a show with Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford. It is about a therapist who's also hit rock bottom. He could be an Australian comedian for all we know, um, who decides to start telling the truth to his patients and seeing how that yeah. goes. Um, it's very high concept. It's kind of stupid. I sort of enjoyed Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford and the rest of the cast. I will watch a little more of this, but so far I'm like, uh, like if this, this sort of like stupid representation of therapy, there are enough people right now in the world that need therapy that we don't need like people shitting on it. Even if it's like for nine episodes and then the 10th is about how they really need it, right. which leads me to Ted Lasso, <laughs> oh, um, okay. which I am done. I am officially like off the Ted Lasso. Wow. I made it three episodes. I tried so hard. I don't, but I'm like, why am I? There's too much TV to be trying this hard with anything. This show is bad. It's really bad. It's, it's like not even just like trying anymore. <laughs> it's just so like, what is it like? Tell me, okay, spoiler alerts for Ted Lasso if you're interested. Like, what is it doing that's specifically that's bad? It just created a rich set of characters and kind of a fun concept and then just had no clue what to do with any of them. And it's just spinning its wheels over and over again. It's leaning into the tropes of like the bumbling American who's actually kind of smart. The like repressed British people who've got lots of like layers. And it's like every trope where you're sort of like, you're smarter than this, move on from this. It's really just kind of like leaning into that. And it's expecting me to care way too much about soccer, which the first I watched two seasons of a soccer show, not caring about soccer. So I'm like, you did something right, Ted Lasso. Like, but now I'm like, oh God, I'm noticing the soccer. Like, I don't care about the soccer. Um, big door prize, Ample TV. I'm feeling the same way. Did you finish it? See, I didn't ever watch anymore after the first couple. I and I find myself keep going like, oh, maybe I'll go watch. No, I'm not going to watch any more yeah. of that right now. I got a couple episodes to go, I think. I think it's almost done. This sh- <laughs> it's I'm gonna almost finish over. It. I'm so close, but it's feeling like a chore. And it's I'm starting to sense a real Apple TV like formula. Like these are shows that should have been on NBC like 20 years, 15 years ago, maybe. <laughs> like after The Office, like ever, give these wild shows a chance because they don't have a laugh track and they have slightly like more mature themes kind of behind them. But they just kind of don't. Let them go anywhere. I think it's a uh, Apple TV comedy thing because I do think is. their dramas are yeah. very good. Um, Picard, Woo. Paramount, not got, Apple TV. I got some. I got some heat this week. Paramount <laughs> Plus. Everybody was talking about Picard season three. It brought back the Next Generation crew. I watched the whole season. I cannot lie. Um, it was really fucking stupid. Um, okay. It brought back the care. It was like basically like like. Every week they'd be like, who's behind like door number three? <laughs> it's Marina Sirtis, Diana Troy, like as our therapist. Right. Like it, they just go around and collect the old stars in the most hackneyed way. The old villains are back. It is really just not interesting, not exciting. 
uh, I would have just, I should have just left this to my memory. Like, I mean, I think maybe Next Generation also wasn't very good. Sorry, like I'm saying to myself right. as I talk. Sorry, yeah. myself. Um, but got you. I think it was maybe like a dated show that just should have been in its time and we don't go back and we watch it and that's fine. Star Trek, boo. Um, <laughs> come at us. <laughs> Star Trek, mom, Captain Kirk has his shirt off. Okay, going, moving on, yes. Uh, <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Unicorn, Warriors Eternal. This is a Cartoon Network uh, thing. It's also on HBO Max. It is Gendy Tartakovsky. I always fuck up his name. He is an animated director who did this early Star Wars thing that I loved. He did this um, uh, thing with Primal with a dinosaur and a caveman, which is too gory for me to watch. So I haven't watched that. But I'm very intrigued by him because I, I love his animation. Samurai Jack is the thing that I love most. I've talked about Samurai okay, Jack. Okay, I've heard of um, Samurai Jack. This is kind of a three people that get reincarnated down the line as protectors of the universe. It's a very, like, we've done this before. The style of the animation is like a little, like, Max Fleischer, like, big eyes, like, crazy. What's, who's like, Max Fleischer? Sorry. Like, Betty Boop, I think. Okay, all right. Um, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's, uh, I watched one episode. I don't know. I'm gonna watch more. I'm okay. definitely not with Dave. Dave has literally like Dave will probably murder me if I turn this on in front of him again it's like it's not like the I'm gonna make you watch this Dave okay well you can turn the TV on no this is not you cannot turn the TV on yeah like he needs to be like far away from the house I need him to call me to be like I'm 30 miles from the house and I can turn the show on again it's like the nerdiest shit I think I've watched that's a lot book quick book recommendation the ghost eaters clay mcclaud chapman what a name uh clay mcclaud this book is the ghost eaters it is about a bunch of gothy young people who uh suffer a loss in their friend group and then they start taking a drug to be able to see ghosts hoping to find this person uh but the drug is very addictive and the apparently being on drugs and seeing ghosts not as fun as they thought um (laughs) it turns out (laughs) This book is fucking great. It sounds kind of hackneyed, even as I talk about it, but I really just, like, it was done well. Yeah. Um, and just really, like, the idea of being addicted to death and addicted to sort of, like, romanticizing death, kind of mocking goth culture in a little bit of a way, which, sorry, goths, you, you can you can take it. You can roll with it. Um, great book. Ghost Eaters. Uh, finally, I wanted to do The National, uh, a band that... All dads over 40 love. So if, if you're a dad over 40 listening to this and you're like, oh, really? The National? You're turning. Okay. We're all kind of like making fun of the National. Now it's dad rock. I got a little dad rock in me, even though I'm not a 40 year old dad. I'm a 50 year old no dad. This album is fucking great. I'm so surprised how much I like it. Uh, there's just a lot of really like great uh, contributions from, like Taylor Swift and Sufjan Stevens and Phoebe Bridgers. It's like the all star dad rock. Like, a thon. There's a song so called... So it's the bear. It's the bear of, of music. 100%, <laughs> honestly. Like, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Perfect. Having just finally got yeah. Parker to finish the bear, it's the bear. Yes. So we will now play New Order T-shirt, Ooh. which is that are not a better song to lure me in. I, you know, I don't know what it is. It's perfect. Um, all right. From the album, First Two Pages of Frankenstein. Also, what a uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, never mind. Moving on. Play the song. Let's listen. <laughs> Capital files filled the streets How we wolf through the combs Walking home to the place on Atlantic You shared with your hilarious sister Kicking off your black flags Demolished and laughing I keep what I can of you Second glimpses and snapshots and signs You and my new order t-shirt Holding a cat and a glass of beer When you rescued me from the custom All right, and that's it for me. Uh, what you got, Fanny? 
All right, I've got some check-ins. Yellow Jacket's still really great. We There are, I think, four, no, there's only nine episodes, so three more episodes of both Yellow Jackets and Succession. Succession appears to be nailing the ending. I will check nice. back. Uh, I'm sure anyone who's been anywhere, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for, for Succession, yeah, they killed Ro- Logan in the third episode of the season. Even I know that. So. It was a really great episode. I did. I watched it live, like literally, like maybe five minutes behind. Like it, it drops at six oh one on the West Coast. I was probably six ten. I started watching it, so I hadn't seen anything, hadn't heard anything, nothing. And it, the episode takes place in such a normal way. It's called Connor's wedding, so they're all at Alan Ruck's wedding. Wedding, and they get a phone call, which they can't hear really well because it's from a private plane. Shiv has been annoy- uh, ignoring this phone call because it's from her estranged husband. And father has collapsed on the plane. It is done in such a fabulous way. Of, this is just how it happens. You know, nobody gives the final, final speech. You get some weird phone call on a regular fucking day and your entire world is destroyed. And you never talk to your dad again. And it was a great episode. It was great, great, great episode. Kieran Culkin is low-key the best thing on this show, and I know I've said that for now four seasons. He is so good. He's nailing it. Alan Scar- I mean, Alan. Alexander Skarsgård this season is playing like this kind of e- like a handsome Elon Musk. So like Elon Musk, if he could like actually get laid, even if he was broke. This so- is the thing I'm most interested about. I'm like, oh God, he joined it. Do I need to watch this? He's <laughs> so good. And he's having such a great time. And he's, he it nails this personification. And you still hate yourself because you're like, Oh, I'd probably still sleep with him. (laughs) I probably would. Oh, my God. I hate it. I hate myself. I hate it. But I probably would. Um, Anyway, it's great. Yellow Jackets. Such a good show. I want you to be able to watch this show, and I just don't know if you can. And I don't want you to watch it because I don't want you then to complain about it to me, but I want you to watch (laughs) it and love the parts that you would love and then not complain about the parts that would make me upset. Anyway, Yellow Jackets is great. Melly Linsky is just fabulous. We have Lauren Ambrose has entered the chat. She is so good. Vans store. Her VHS store is called while you were streaming. (laughs) Because she loves Sandra Bullock. And uh, the Neil drops on this show are great. But these types of references, just there's so much to see in every corner. If you really, it it really pays you back if you pay attention to this show. And I love that the showrunners love this show so much and love this time so much. And they love that the fans are really into it. And they like, they're not like, teasing people they just really love the interaction and so they put those easter eggs in and it's just it's a whole fun culture and i'm really into it nice um barry hbo i haven't watched last week's like sundays because the sunday before had some nonsense that went down with no ho hank (laughs) and cristobal i've heard and I'm and not okay with it. Yeah. I, I'm not okay with it because we needed NoHo Hank and Cristobal to make it. <laughs> I'm not okay with it. On the other hand, this show is brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And it builds on layers upon layers. Even the fact that you cared so much about NoHo Hank and Cristobal, which was a ridiculous, like they were running sand, illegal sand. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and yet you didn't care. And it could. You're watching a show where they host a summit with some mobsters about setting up a illegal sand ring at a Dave and Buster's <laughs> with a PowerPoint presentation. And then at the end, all of the gangsters have their like big stuffed animals that they want at ski ball. <laughs> and yet it's not just silly. Like, you have those scenes that are great and funny, and yet it's still all very real and wonderful. And I think Barry is such a great show. And Bill Hader, I, he's nailing this as well as Ali Wong, apparently. Um, so, 
Anyway, love Barry. Uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. The only thing I have to say about Real Housewives Ultimate uh, Girls Trip is that they often put it in, in there as thug. Is that like an everybody? like? They take the all-stars and they send okay. them on a trip hoping that the all-stars will fight with each other. This season has been real wah, wah, wah. Uh, and the next fight. season is supposed to be just like crazy okay. because like to – like an old an OG from New Jersey gets pulled in and then Brandy Glanville, who's crazy, apparently like kissed her when she didn't want to be kissed and some people left early. So we've had all of this we've had all of this information and then they drop season three first and it's like Oh, so they're waiting yeah, for like, everybody's waiting for next nobody season. Nobody gives a shit about yeah. any of these people. Nobody cares. It was boring. The fights were boring. It was dumb. We don't care. Um and I'm sorry to the actual thug life. <laughs> That it has been repurposed into the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Chips. And, you know, I, I'm i sorry, Tupac, you deserved better. <laughs> Maybe I'll go watch your show to your mom, which actually looked pretty good, but I have not watched yet. Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. This is Catherine Hans uh, is stars as basically strayed you know cheryl strayed uh telling the story of how she became dear sugar um it's fictionalized but i'm not sure how much i it feels like probably not that much fictionalized so katherine hahn playing a stressed out mom who also is a like writer that has hit a wall and had a book deal and realizes that writing's going to save her and the one thing the two things that she knows she is as a writer and a mom gotcha yeah so this show <laughs> talks to me yeah. <laughs> and it was like put it in my veins i watched it all in one sitting and i sobbed the whole time it's really really good and everyone else in it is very good i'm definitely too. gonna watch this at some point it's on hulu super yeah. recommend it it there like i i need to go back and watch it slightly slower yeah because I just, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't stop, but I need to digest a lot of what it was saying. It was oh, so good. And since I can't go back and watch Mrs. Fletcher because David Zaslav's an asshole, <laughs> I can watch beautiful things again. Uh, I'm going to go to two stars things. One of them is blind spotting, which is great. And I can't believe you still haven't, haven't watched the first watch season. Uh, the, uh, I've watched three of the four episodes that have dropped the show just gets better and says things. It, it could just be kind of a silly show. And instead it really, it, it takes on dementia. It takes on gentrification. It takes on uh, your, your biracial child and trying to explain to him why he can't say the N-word, but your mom can, and when he's allowed to say the N-word, and why dad is never allowed to say the N-word, <laughs> all while they're on, like, you know, a family overnight in prison. Um, it's really thoughtful, great, great, great show. The character of Earl is amazing. Um, I need you to get... Helen Hunt is great. And at the same time, it's really, really funny. Um, they have been having kind of, like, Bay Area legends introduced the what happened last week on. Oh, so we had that. Mark Curry and Too Short and uh, another singer that I don't know who he is, so I can't remember his name, but it's been really fun. It's awesome. Been, it's a really fun show. Love that. Um, also on um, Stars that I gave one episode because I had to, because I had to see how bad it was, was Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies. It's that bad. It's that bad. I mean, I'm not surprised. But. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> There's, I don't even really remember the plot. It is that bad. There's an anybody's ripoff character. It's that bad. Don't watch it. Go to Stars. Watch P Valley. Watch Blind Spotting. Stay far, far away from the Rise of the Pink Ladies. <laughs> uh, Peacock, Mrs. Davis, Betty Gilpin as an avenging nun trying to find the Holy Grail so that she can sh shut down the. AI that has made the world a utopia or how, or has it? I love this show. Yay. I love this show so much. This show is weird. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, it's like cartoonish and comic bookish. And at the same time, very simple on things about relationships and families. And it's, 
I love this show. I think everyone should watch this show. Another one of them to keep going on. I yeah, and yeah. if it's not for you, if there's too much happening, if it's just one too many weird wacky things happening, I get it. Yeah. I I'd say give it 3 episodes if it's not for you, I get it. But it it pays you back for giving you its time. And if you actually watch the screen, it's not a second screen show at all. Really you kind of have to yeah. engage with it. Um, what uh, a movie that you don't have to engage with <laughs> is Renfield. You don't have to engage with this film. It's very bloody. There are arms ripped off and then people get beaten with their arms that have been ripped off. Nicholas Cage, Cage plays Dracula. Aquafina is charming. Nicholas Holt is adorable. This movie is exactly what you think it is from 15 seconds into the preview. And I loved it. It was great. Nobody ever has to see it. It's not an important <laughs> film. But it's fun. If you want to see Nicholas Cage as Dracula and Nicholas Holt kind of finding his own in color block sweaters, falling in love with Aquafina. This movie's for you. Nice. As long as you don't mind really over the top cartoonish violence. It's cartoonish. Totally. It would not upset you. I guarantee it. <laughs> um, of course, the minute I say that, then you'll be like, it's sadistic, but <laughs> moving on. On HBO, I finally gave in to everyone who told me, really, you should watch Perry Mason all the world. Perry Mason, you should watch Perry Mason. You should really. And I was like, I watched one episode of Perry Mason. It was depressing and bleak and boring. No, no, no. And I, and it was full of actors that I love: John Lithgow, Tatiana, Tatiana Maslany, Matthew Reese. Full, just Hope Davis, brimming with actors that I love. Not Justin Kirk. Couldn't. Fine. Fine. I will sit down. I will watch two more episodes. You told me by episode four of season one that. I would be in, and that season two is really great. So by season one, episode four, you're really in. <laughs> it totally picks up. It's great. Second season is even better. Perry May, and they're talking about maybe they won't do a third because Matthew Reese is like, if I do any more, I'm only going to do three, and then we hand it off to Della or whatever. If they don't do a third season, I will be sad. With Reese, I will be sad. I will watch whatever they do because I trust these writers and these actors and I want every stitch of clothing that these people wear. I mean, the 30s is my time anyway. I love it. Perry Mason is so good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good. Somebody I went to high school with has a bit part as oh, a yeah? court judge or a court police officer. No, okay, <laughs> I kind of know who you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I remember those scenes. In the second season? I, I think maybe first. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyways, yeah. Um, I'll watch it at some point to see if I can see him. Schmigadoon, which I had talked about when it first went on. The first season is fine. Brigadoon, whatever. It's very cute. Alan Cummings is the best thing about it. I mean, as the gay mayor who comes out, it has a nice ending. It's all very sweet. Second season is Schmicago. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a plot twist. So good. Okay. It nails the Fosse, and you start with Titus Burgess doing like the intro song about this is darker. This is some shit. It's I've only watched three episodes of the first se of the second season. I love it. It's really great. Do I need to watch the first no. season or can I just jump no? They they the they they end up going and falling in love. They okay. they cross the bridge of Brigadoon. You know. Uh, you don't have to. It's okay. not. I mean, there may be some Easter eggs there that you yeah. wouldn't be as funny. Um, Is most of the cast get replaced in the second season? No. Okay. Most of them are still there. I don't know. I haven't seen Ariana Du Bois yet. But are they playing different characters? Yeah, they're all playing okay. different characters, okay. and they actually talk about that. Because they go back. They're, they're trying to get pregnant. They're sad. You know, they're kind of stalemating. So they decide they'll go back and try and find Schmigadoon again. Okay. And instead, they find Schmicago. Nice. I will yep. totally give that a shot. So it's. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, if you don't watch season one, I think the best things about that are Anna, Ariana Du Bois and Alan Cummings. But they, I, I think Du Bois is in the second one. Now I, now I'm having a blank. But, but Cummings certainly is. I feel like I've never seen Brigadoon. That's the name. Well, of it, it's right? about so the magical town like, that you. It's not important. Yeah, magical town. You have to fall in love. Yeah, so. yeah. And Chicago <laughs> is about all of those seventies. You know, yeah. Sweeney Todd. Right, right. All of that. People have sex. There's a narrator. You know, cabaret. That kind of thing. Nice. And be a lot it's, more touch points. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I watched Pretty Baby, which is the Brooke Shields documentary about 
her screwed up life. Um, it was really, it's a really good documentary. It's extremely interesting. Um, she's super positive about everything that she went through and highly intelligent and insightful about it. I don't know how much else to say. It's worth watching, but it's, it's kind of a rough set. Yeah. Especially in the beginning. Um, I tried on um, Prime Television to watch uh, the reimagining of Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers was originally based on a book, I think, called Twins, about two female OBGYNs, which oh, was a fictional okay. account of a real article about two female twin OBGYNs who did some fucked up stuff. I've never read the article. And then the Cronenberg thing is and Cronenberg based on is based story? on the novel, but then he Changes it's it's again. very loosely okay. based and he changed a lot. So this show is supposed to be based more on the actual two women and the fictionalized novel. Okay. I made it ten minutes. Wow. You would make it it. five. Oh, I can't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think Rachel Weisz is great. You know, people are loving it. The first, it must have been the second close-up birth and the squelching and the the foley work and the blood hitting the grounds and the shoes. I was like, you know, no, I'm out. This is not for (laughs) me. This is, I don't, great. I'm glad that people are experimenting and that I am out and I'm not going back in. I just, mm mm-mm. Apple TV Plus, the last thing he told me, I think this is going to be another Defending Jacob, and you fooled me once. <laughs> Apple TV Plus about with some... See, we have a real now, I, negative Apple. I've got some Apple episode. TV Plus stuff that I really like. I still like For All Mankind. They've, you know, Severance. I, I you like Schmigadoon. Yeah, I'm not... I like <laughs> Schmigadoon. I'm not turning on them, but they're like, we've got some real prestige people and we're basing it on some like you know the lady in the window that noticed the alcoholic blackout whatever based on those novels there's something kind of junky going yeah and this is garner and uh coster waldo and great cast i i made it halfway through the first episode and i thought oh this is fine and then i've never gone back and in fact have have had negative feelings about it (laughs) um i read uh the Lake House, which is a book by Sarah Beth Thurst, is a YA novel about three teenagers whose parents send them to a camp at a lake house. Once they get there, the lake house has been burned to the ground, and there is a dead body in the forest, and they have to figure out, is it an ancient evil? Are they being stalked? What is happening? Um, I really like Sarah Beth Durst. This is fine. Yeah. It's a page-turner. It, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a very straightforward YA. Spoiler alert: there is an evil force. Nice, in the, you know. I'm in. I'm gonna read it. <laughs> there is. It's a real evil force. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So it is actually an evil force that they have to figure out how to retrap. Okay, I'm definitely gonna read yeah. this. I mean, yeah. it's two hours of your time. Yeah, you know, it is fun. That is my pop culture this week. Nice. I am now going to breathe. I know we had a lot. It's been a while. (laughs) Um, Where can they tell us their thoughts on all these things? You can. Uh, Whether they were traumatized by the squelching plates, the squelching, um, you know, Dad Rock, any of it. Yes, Dad Rock. You you can find us at um, at. If you search for Dad Rock on Facebook, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you go to Facebook, you look for the Netflix podcast, you can find us there. You can send us a message there. You can send us an actual email, and that is motiontonix at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, or you can find me hosting our Twitter account at the Nix Podcast, and you can also find me at Twitter at Fanny V. Darling, basically just retweeting stuff about why don't we have gun laws and why are we ignoring trans children and all also, yeah, stuff like that. So if that's not your bent, probably don't look for me, but you can look for the podcast and it's not so much that stuff. And if you've listened this long, follow her anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.